Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Forum Press presented by GolfWeek.com. I'm your host, David Dusek, and this week my guest is Steve DiMeglio. Steve is a senior writer with both Golf Week, GolfWeek.com, as well as USA Today. And in the podcast you're about to hear, he and I break down the tailor-made driving relief uh, match play championship that took place this Sunday at Seminole Golf Club down in Juneau Beach, Florida. We talk about each one of the players that was involved in that skins game match. That was Roy McElroy, Dustin Johnson, Ricky Fowler, Matthew Wolf. We talk about Seminole Golf Club which I would love to become a member of. So um, Buddy Marucci and um, all the guys down there, if you're looking for a member up in Connecticut, please feel free to contact me. I would love to be a member. That golf course looks sensational. We then go into a little bit more detail about uh, not only those players, but then looking ahead to what we think we can take out of that match for uh, all those players when they return, hopefully pretty soon, to the PGA Tour, which will be starting up in just a few weeks now, early June. And then Steve and I talk a little bit about what we can expect from the match part two, which is going to be featuring Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning versus Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady. Hold on just a second for Steve DiMeglio. Get stronger, hit longer, and end pain with Golf Forever. Created by Justin Leonard and co-author of the Younger Next Year Back Book, Dr. Jeremy James, Golf Forever is the Take Anywhere online golf fitness program that helps you build a body primed for golf. It's simple, safe, and it works. At home, in the gym, on the golf course, Golf Forever's easy-to-follow exercises, warm-up routines, and course management videos will help you play your best pain-free. Sign up today at GolfForever.com and use promo code GOLFWEEK for a free 14-day trial. So the TaylorMade Driving Relief Challenge, the Skins game match that just took place at Seminole Golf Club is complete. It's in the book. Steve DiMeglio has joined me. Steve, what are your first impressions about what we just saw today? It was great to see live golf back again. What uh, what you think? Well, it was great to see, to watch a golf shot hit without knowing where it was going. You know, I, I've loved the rebroadcasting of golf, but I pretty much I've got a pretty good memory for, for that type of I could almost I knew what was happening on all these rebroadcasts but now it was nice to stay you know Rory step up there and hit a monster drive and and not know where it was going and not know what was going to happen on the putts and all that so it was good to see that again um and I'll tell you what you know I, I know some people say it's just not great without fans but hey it's better than no golf. And yep. they raised a lot of money. They raised more than $5 million for COVID-19 COVID relief efforts. That was great. Um, there was definitely a lot of rust out there. Um, but you could tell that those guys, the tension started started increasing on that back nine. Um, and they had no money on the line. But they were definitely wanting to earn as much money 
for their charities as they could. And that ramped up the pressure. And then, of course, an event like this, what more do you need? Goes down to the last shot. That's drama right there. So, you know, I'm, I'm glad I watched. And um, and I, uh, I thought it was very entertaining and it was for a great cause. Yeah, I agree. You know, and I think a lot of people are going to say and criticize the fact that, you know, there, there were no fans, there were no, you know, a lot of people there. That's just not a reality that, that we can have right now. And the, the fact of the matter is if we're going to want to have sports, whether it's a NASCAR race like we also had going on today, a golf tournament, a basketball game, what have you, we're just not at a point right now where we're going to be able to have spectators in large numbers viewing sporting events. And so rather than looking at what we don't necessarily have, which is the electricity and the energy that a, that a crowd can bring to a sporting event, I prefer to look at the classes being half full. I, I'm just excited that we had sports. To your point, we had golf shots today from world-class players, and we didn't know exactly what was going to happen. We wasn't the foregone, like, oh, I remember Rory beating out Mickelson and Ricky at Valhalla. Oh, I remember Ricky, you know, hitting the shot that like, No, no, this was, this was all new stuff. And I think that the guys were energized. They were excited, clearly, to be out there. Um, we'll talk a little bit about each one of these guys coming up in a second, but I would much rather look at it as it's great to have sports back and it's great to have professional golf coming back. And we also proved today that you can have a foursome go out and play at a really high level. And it wasn't the highest level by any means. You know, we know that. But you can play golf in a safe way right now in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. The guys, I think, by and large, seem very careful and very aware. We heard people talking about, you know, can I pick up the tee? Uh, at a couple instances, I guess there was a, a snack or a cooler for each guy individually. They're the only ones who are going in there. Like things that we don't ordinarily think about, but it can be done, which means that it gives me hope that that going out to the PGA Tour, again, on a bigger scale, but this can be done. And so I'm, I'm encouraged that, that we, what we saw today is, is a sign of what we may hopefully get in the weeks and the months ahead. And then we will add fans and more and more spectators as safety allows us to do it. What did you think about Seminole? Because the deal that I had when looking at it is if, if over the course of the last couple of days, two or three inches of rain fell on that golf course, I can't imagine what that place must look like in the heat, you know, in a dry season. It must be absolutely like lightning. What do you, what'd you think of Seminole? Well, they got three and a half inches of rain the previous 48 hours. Um, and so you would love to see Seminole play with a lot of fire. And so that fire was taken out, especially on, on the fairways. Um, the greens were still – they still befuddled the players, but yeah. a little faster. But you would hope that it could have be just a little longer. I mean, in the perfect world, if Seminole was just a hair longer, it'd be even even greater, better. But as we saw, the Greens befuddled, and that's their defense is the weather, the winds off the Atlantic Ocean, and their green complexes, the Donald Ross crown greens that roll off. And they befuddled the players all day long. Um, but, oh, that's a golf course. Yeah. I, I could play it every day and have yeah, fun yeah. playing it every day. And it's like Ricky said last week, they said, it's just a fun golf course to play. There's so many different options. You know, Ricky hit iron off a 17 tee to 120 yards, knocked it in there to about five, six feet. Rory drives it into the greenside bunker. Um, so, and there's difference, right? And again, it's the, that second shot we saw. A lot of second shots that, you know, these guys thought they were going to have some good opportunities and they just couldn't read the greens. But uh, I, I can see why it's one of the best golf courses in the world. 
Yeah, I, I, I agree 100%. I mean, the, the word on it was it's fairly easy to hit the fairways. The fairways are wide, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have the proper angle into those greens. And again, Donald Ross greens historically are going to be the crown shape, which means that while they're, they're physically large in some cases, the actual landing area that you're really going for is relatively small. And good shots are sometimes, depending on exactly what the whole location is and how fiery they're going to be, may not be good enough in order to set up the kind of birdie opportunities the players in the PGA Tour are sometimes used to, to getting. And we saw that. And the greens and the combination of the green difficulty and just enough wind at times to affect putts on, on the greens. I remember, I think it was the second hole, Rory McIlroy stepped in and, and rolled the putt and said so the, the, the wind pushed it just enough where he missed. And Ricky Fowler came in, the very next player. He hits his putt. The wind doesn't blow. And he's like, oh, no wind. So it's just enough to play in the player's mind and to keep them just a little bit uncomfortable enough to where you're right. In a perfect world, Seminole would add another two or 300 yards at the appropriate locations. But as you can see from the overhead shots, the community has built in around that golf course. There's nowhere to go. And if the wind is up, I'm sure you don't need any more defense, any more length than what you've already got. It was a really, really interesting thing to see counter against so many of the golf courses that we do get on the PGA Tour, which we're used to that style. This, this reminded me very much of Royal Melbourne and some of the stuff that we saw in Australia during the President's Cup. We don't see a lot of this type of golf course here in the U.S., which is unfortunate. Um, so that was cool. And the fact that we raised a lot of money is, is great. Let's go down really quickly and just sort of talk about the players. And let's start with Matthew Wolf, who I think is the player that amongst the four was the least well-known to people. Um, I mean, a year ago at this point, he's in college. I think Wolf really grew up a little bit right in front of our eyes. I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if coming out of this, he's got a little fuller sense of himself. What, what was your impression of Matthew Wolf? What did you expect and what did you see? I, I expected what I did see. He was nervous at the beginning. And I think he might have worked too hard to want to make sure that he impressed everybody, to make sure that people were watching, knew that he could hang with these guys. Now, great, he made three birdies. Um, DJ made the fewest birdies with two. But uh, I think people enjoyed seeing this guy with that leg kick. That's his trigger um, and his different swing. And he hit, what, 724 yards worth of drives to win the long driving contest on the two long driving contests. But I think he was a little nervous. He played much better on the back nine when I think he calmed down. And I think, you know, Ricky got into his ear a couple of times. Well, not in his ear, six feet away from his ear, uh, saying to calm down, you know, let's just play some golf. Um, but he was not he, – he was – he deserved to be there. I mean, and uh, he wasn't out of place. Um, but, yeah, I look at I think he's going to be a force to be reckoned with that in the future. I don't know where that future starts, but I hear everybody else say the same thing, that this guy can be a major force. Um, he was like he, Ben Crenshaw and Tiger Woods are the only three people to win the individual NCAA title and a PGA Tour event in the same year. So that's that's pretty good company. So, yeah, I, 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 it was nice to see him finally shake off some nerves and play well. Yeah, I, I think that um, in some instances, he reminds me of a Dustin Johnson really early in the career where the, the, there's no denying the talent is there. There's some honing and maybe a little bit of polishing at the elite level that's going to have to take place for Matthew Wolf, but there's just no denying 
the talent. I mean, as you mentioned, he steps up and um, I think that he probably relaxed doing what he does best, which is clearly drive the golf ball. Forget about the, the movement of the swing and the uniqueness of the move. When the ball is making contact with the driver face, he he's a special player. There, there's no question about it. I mean, he wins both long drive competitions. Um, when Rory McIlroy and Dustin Johnson, you know, are two of the guys that he's going against, that tells me that he's got plenty of horsepower. Um, there needs to be a little bit of refinement, some others, but that's going to come. He's 21 years old. You know, not everybody's going to be 21, 22 years old and be John Rahm and get to be top five in the world. But we don't know. Um, we'll see exactly what where sort of things are going to go for the next couple of years um, with Wolf. To me, Steve, one of the things that I see sometimes when guys make a President's Cup team or a Ryder Cup team for the first time is that they get this sense that they belong at this level. If they if they can achieve that and make one of those teams and sometimes play well in that, they they come back to regular PGA Tour events. And I think that you can see that they they walk with their shoulders back a little bit more. They seem to just have this air about them that that they see themselves amongst the elite or the game's best. They feel they really belong out there. And I'm sure that Wolf has plenty of confidence. I'll be curious, and I, I guess I want to want to hear from you, is that from this experience, having played well and and, and certainly showing that, that he belongs out there and is, is someone who's going to be there, do you think that Wolf takes this experience in some of the same way? And that coming out of this, when he plays either at um, Colonial or wherever he's going to start, you know, how do you expect that he takes this experience and uses it to his advantage? Well, it's certainly not going to hurt him. Um, I, we haven't seen the numbers, but I think there are a lot of eyeballs, and I think everybody knew that there were going to be a lot of eyeballs watching today. Um, he had to prove himself to everyone because, you know, a lot of people said, well, what is Matthew Wolf doing in this? And he did, um, especially, uh, again, at the end. He's got plenty of firepower. Um, we all saw that. Um, but I think he was he was thrown off by the greens as much as anybody was today. Um, but, no, I think he proved himself that he knew he belonged when he won in his third professional start at the 3M Open up in Minnesota. Um, and now I think he wants to prove to everybody, I, I belong with the best players in the world every week. And uh, I, I can just I, I just think this will help him. And it can't it certainly won't hurt him. Yeah. So let's talk about his his teammate, Ricky Fowler, real quick. Fowler looked to me to be totally at ease, totally comfortable the entire time. He was wearing a lot of hats today. He obviously had his Puma hat on and had logos all over the place. But as you sort of alluded to before, from a distance, he was coaching up Wolf a little bit. You could sort of see he was helping to read some putts in a couple instances. He was giving him some encouragement, a couple of Oklahoma State guys. But at the same time, Fowler's game looked pretty sharp. You know, for somebody who obviously has not been in, you know, playing competitive golf for, for a few months, I don't know exactly how much practice and meaningful practice guys down in Florida are able to put in at this point. I was not surprised that he putted well, but the, the wedge game looked good. He drove the ball straight. Am I wrong in thinking that Ricky's game looked pretty good today? Uh, Ricky's game, I expected it. I mean, he's won the member guest there three times with Buddy Mariucci um, at Seminole. So he's no, he knows the course as well as anybody. And I know Rory's dad is a member there, and Rory plays a lot of golf there too. But uh, And Rory's won the member guest there, but, you know, Ricky's won it three times. And I think Ricky played more golf, rounds of golf, than the other four going into it. I mean, Ricky played left-handed against Justin Thomas at the medalist. He played with Persimmon against Justin Thomas at the medalist. He played a couple other rounds with Justin Thomas at the medalist. Um, so 
And Ricky's comfortable in these types of things. He, he's comfortable in front of a camera, and he always yep. has been, and he always will be. Um, you knew he was going to putt well. He always putts well. Um, I just, you know, I think he hit one really bad shot. Unfortunately, it was on the 19th hole. But other than that, you know, he was striping it most every off the tee on most every shot, and um, and he was coaching up. Matthew, I think a few times, but no, I wasn't surprised at all with Ricky. Um, I he he delivered exactly what I expected. It's a little bit weird for me sometimes to think because Fowler to me is always going to be the young guy, the new guy, and stuff. But he's now thirty-one years old, and he's played in a lot of major championships. As you said, he's got cameras on him constantly because he's so charismatic, and he's been marketed by you know the PGA Tour and, and his different sponsors and stuff like that for, for a long time he's on TV you know constantly he's he's got that you know that sort of comfort level with him and um yeah he to me is one of those guys that's that's just sort of made for this kind of thing you know it was funny to see him sort of make a putt on Rory and such like that for birdie wave to the crowd that was not there wolf is loving it you know Rory's asking him like hey you know like you know can you hear the crowd he's like yeah I got to turn on my speaker you know it's just He's got that air to him, but he's also now coming into a leadership sort of position. You know, some of these guys now, like Wolf, like Colin Morikawa, they're, they're you know, eight, nine, ten years younger than him. At some point, Wolf is going to be on a Ryder Cup or a President's Cup team. I think that you and I probably would both agree on that. Like, his, his time will come. And there'll be a good chance that, like, Ricky Fowler will be one of the guys that's going to be a leader, along with Justin Thomas's and Jordan Spieth. So, like, that's the next generation. It's sort of a weird thing for me to think about, but it's going to happen. And, and to see him sort of being clearly the leader on that team, but looking comfortable doing it was, was impressive. Um, the other impressive thing to me was, was watching Rory McIlroy today. Rory clearly to, to me seemed to be the hub and the spokes that made this event happen, you know, with his partners and sponsorships, his father and his relationship with Seminole, his relationship obviously with TaylorMade, a lot of different things orbit around him and he was able to bring them there. And I think that he had a really good grasp on what this event was supposed to be about and also to be able to play well. What, tell, tell me what you saw from Rory today and, and, and what you thought. Well, he, he rose to the headliner status. Um, last shot of the day. Yep. Winner, take all, everything. You know, he's got to get the ball inside of Wolf. Wolf was at 18 feet. And or else Wolf and Fowler win yeah. instead of Rory and DJ. And it was in, the winds were moving. DJ thought he hit a, a really good shot, came up short. Um, Wolf thought he hit a better shot than it did, still 18 feet. And they were only from 120 yards. Now, granted, it was by the ocean, but still, um, 120 yards. And these guys are looking at it thinking as soon as the ball takes off that that's a really good shot. And then the wind makes a difference, um, says otherwise. But Rory's Rory. I mean, you know. Lost in the shuffle is he lipped out on 17. He lipped out on 16. He lipped out early. He missed a short putt earlier. He could have had seven birdies. He had four birdies today. Ricky had the most with seven. But, um, you know, it, Rick Rory's Rory. He's just one good dude. Um, yeah, he was one of the main leaders in getting this event done. He knows how important it is to raise $5 million for COVID-19 relief. Um, and... He knows there was pressure to put on a good show, and they did put on a good show. And it ended about as with as much drama as you can end an event like this. But, yeah, there's a reason that Rory McIlroy 
has been a headliner for many years, and he's going to be a headliner for a long time going forward. And the guy rises to the occasion. Yeah, I mean, we've we've been watching all of us, you know, in in the lack of sport, watching you know the Last Dance and the and the whole Jordan doc been going on and having you know, discussions between us and all of our friends about you know Jordan and the Alpha Dog sort of situation and, and basically the stance that he takes when he takes over the Dream Team and 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 from Michael uh, from from Magic Johnson and Larry Bird he becomes the Alpha and basically the NBA is his. At this point, it, it seems clear that, that Roy McIlroy is in that position. His level of play going into the break at the Players' Championship was was fantastic. You can argue he maybe should have won more, but every single week, he's putting up good numbers. He's living in the top five. He gets number one position back in the world ranking. And, you know, if you hit the good shot, we win. If you miss it and don't hit it inside 18 feet where Wolf is, we lose. And what does he do? He makes it. And that's what the alpha does. You know, and I think that that's just... It's a subtle thing. And in the grand scheme of things, in a charity four-ball skins game, should it mean all that much? No, because the money's going to a worthwhile cause to fight COVID-19 relief. So we can all agree that the money was going to go someplace good. But the fact that Rory came through and did it, and as he's taking his club back, I'm like, he's got this. I will be much more surprised if Rory doesn't put it inside Wolf than I would be if he dumps it in the bunker or if he loses it outright. I'm like, I'm expecting him to come through. And I think he expects himself to come through. And I don't know if all the other players do or not, but would you agree that he's he's sort of getting to that point and is is now the the top of the heap at this point, not just the world ranking, but in the eyes of the players, a year ago it would have been Brooks Kepka coming out of Beth Page. But mm-hmm. right now, Rory's the alpha, right? Right now he is, yes. And I think the alpha on and off the golf course. Yeah. Um, and, you know, yeah, he's got to show the stage with maybe one or two other people, Tiger Woods and Brooks Kepka. But as far as playing, every week, like you said, he's living in the top five. Um, every week, he's in the, the last groups on Sunday. And, you know, that's a different type of pressure than it is Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And he's there every week he plays. And, yes, you said it. He expects himself to be who he is. He expects himself to be this good. And – He's going to be this good for a long time. Yeah, I, I agree. He seems very comfortable in his own skin. He's been talking a little bit about social causes, a little bit more about politics and stuff, a little bit more about where he thinks the tour should go and whether he he agrees with some different things policy-wise that the tour is doing, Ryder Cup is doing, all those things. I, it just seems like he's very comfortable being who he is and what he stands for and, and understanding that some people are going to agree with it, some people might not, but I think that he's universally respected for having beliefs and, and for playing certainly you know, at the, the game at the highest level, I think, right now. The Counter, an NFL podcast from USA Today Sports. Featuring For the Wins, Steven Ruiz and Chris Corman. I know people are like just assuming that this is an upgrade at the quarterback position, but I don't think we could say that for a fact. I'd say it's, it's a downgrade. He never really had game-to-game impact just coming off the edge and destroying people that we thought when we saw his athleticism in college and at the combine. And- the Counter, diving deeper into the NFL with advanced stats, film study, and expert guests. This is The Counter. Listen and subscribe to The Counter on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. 
Dustin Johnson has played the game at the very highest level. World number one, U.S. Open champion 2016. Um, not the greatest day for DJ out there. And, and I am not going to knock anybody for going through a pandemic, staying at home, not having an opportunity to practice. He didn't look like he played especially well. I guess he's only started playing a couple weeks ago, really only played golf, it sounds like, about a week ago. What, if anything, do, should we take out of what we saw today from Dustin Johnson? Oh, nothing at all. I mean, he's not going to take anything out of it. I mean, <laughs> he's not, he doesn't. But he looked like, you know, he, he, he looked like the guy who went from March 12th to May 10th without playing a round of golf. Yeah. You know, he, he played the Players' Championship first round, March 12th. The season came to a halt. He didn't play until last Sunday, May 10th, his first round of golf. He played a lot at the Floridian. But, you know, he, he had a lot of putts that were either eight feet by, three feet short, four feet short. Chipping wasn't up to his standards. Um, he was a little erratic more than usual off the tee. But, no, I'm not – you know, it, as the uh, shelter-at-home rules have eased in southern Florida, um, he'll get out, play more golf. All four of these players have said that they want to play Colonial. So these guys will ramp up their playing. They'll ramp up their time on the range. But no, I'm I'm as worried about my takeaway is exactly like Dustin's takeaway. Hey, we raised a lot of money today. Yeah, I didn't play real good, but we raised a lot of money today. All right, I'll play tomorrow. I'll get better. So yeah, that's that's what DJ is. There's very few ducks that have water go off their back better than Dustin Johnson. He has been in a lot, he's played a lot of golf at this point in his career. He's had a lot of very strange things happen to him in big situations. I mean, Wolf gives him the business, you know, hey, Dustin, is, is this is this a waste area or whatever? You know, like, which I liked because the, the kid was willing to zing it over to DJ, who I guess probably liked it. But, but from what they were saying was like, you know, know your place here, kid, a little bit. But um, a lot of weird things have happened. And he's clearly still able to play golf at a really, really high level. From a talent standpoint, I'm sure it's still there. If he is healthy, I'm never surprised to see Dustin Johnson's name at the top of a leaderboard or near the top of a leaderboard. And and I agree. You give him two weeks of good practice and maybe one tournament to sort of get his footing down. If he decides he wants to play Hilton Head or he wants to come up to Hartford, would I be the least bit surprised to see him, you know, hunting around on a leaderboard? Not in the least, because I think that you're right. He can compartmentalize this stuff probably better than any golfer I've ever seen. I mean, literally the next day after a round, it's gone. And, and that's a tremendous skill. That's just like good putting or good driving. To be able to do that as an athlete is really a tremendous thing. So I want to look ahead just real quick for it. Um, we've got another match that's going to be going on next weekend. It's going to be pitting Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning against Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady. Now, this is the match, too. These guys are going to be playing for COVID-19 charity. It's going to be about $10 million bucks. We don't even know what the side action is going on with this thing. What, if anything, is are sort of you you looking forward to on this? Like, what are we supposed to make about the match to part two? Well, my biggest concern will be what 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 do Tom Brady and Peyton Manning bring to the table? Especially when they go to the point where it's going to be alternate shot. Well, you know, a, a different alternate shot where they're both – all four players are going to hit tee shots, then they're going to select the best one, and they alternate from there in. So – I expect Tom Brady's going to be looking at a six-footer to win a hole or not. I'm expecting Peyton Manning to have 135 yards into the green. 
when there's a lot of money on the line, and we'll see how that goes. Um, I've been fortunate enough to play the medalist club. I played there once, played with Ricky. Ricky Fowler took me out there. It's a golf course with crown greens. You can putt from 50 yards if you want, tight, tight lies. Um, they have some stout par four, par, th par threes. They have two really stout par fours, but they also have two drivable par fours. If I remember correctly, the par fives weren't overly challenging, not overly difficult. But again, it can be windswept. Again, I, I was fortunate today that we played that there wasn't much wind. Um, it's in the same area that Seminole was in, um, is in. Um, but again, I mean, there's going to be a different type of pressure there, especially Brady and Manning feeling it. But especially, I think there's going to be times when Tiger and Tom, I mean, Tiger are going to be feeling it a little more too because they know they might have to carry their players and they might have to calm their players down. But, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. How much, because I know you've covered, you, you've been with USA Today and Golf Week Magazine covering golf for a long, long time. But before that, you'd, you'd cover other sports and done other things as well. I'm fascinated. I think we sort of know what we're going to get from Tiger Woods, and we figure we probably know the, the kind of golf that we're going to see from Phil Mickelson. Now, some shots may be loose, and, and they're going to have to work through their own sort of you know rust and, and such like that. But for athletes playing other sports, I'm fascinated, to be honest with you, even more with Peyton Manning and Tom Brady in this, in that how they compose themselves. Like, did they almost like have like sort of a match within a match? Did they stay out of the way of, of the pros? It's almost like if you were playing a a flag football game or a charity football game, and, and when these guys are the quarterbacks and they're throwing it to somebody else, do they think they got to be better than they are? Do they like? It's almost like knowing their place here outside of the football field. What What do you think in terms of being able to translate the skills, handling pressure? And you sort of said like, okay, Tom Brady could be facing a six footer to win a hole. How good are athletes from other sports at being able to bring that composure to golf? Well, these guys, uh, one, Tom Brady's going to have Phil Mickelson helping him out. And Peyton's going to have Tiger. And that's going to be big. Seriously, that's going to be big. Both Tiger and Phil are going to say, guys, calm down. Now, they're both high single-digit handicaps. I think they range between – their indexes are between 6.8 and 8.5. Um, they've got game. Um, but, again, I don't know how much game they have. I don't know how much they've been playing. Um this is Tiger's home course. Tiger plays a lot at the medalist. So if somebody's got an advantage, a home court advantage, it's going to be Tiger. Um, but I think knowing the fact that, you know, Brady and Manning, knowing that they have the two best players of their generation on their shoulders, six feet away from their shoulders, helping them will help them. I mean, I, I was there when Peyton played in the same group with, uh, with Tiger at Memorial. Um, he hits a lot of loose shots, but he hits a lot of good shots too. So Brady and, and Manning, they're going to hit a lot of loose shots. I mean, a lot of loose shots. But uh, they know they've got some pretty good uh, pretty good partners. So, um, it, again, it's going to be interesting to see. And I hope it. there's a lot of money on the line on the 16th hole, 17th hole, 18th hole. And it comes down to Brady and Manning having to hit that 140-yard shot in the 18th hole or the 100 some yards and the 16 and then we'll see what happens yeah they're going to be laying the sod over a nine iron and all of a sudden we're going to find out that you know just because you've been able to throw a touchdown pass in the super bowl 
it, it translates different. La last question for me, Steve. Um, what does this mean for Tiger and Phil? I mean, we were just talking about Rory and, and Ricky and those guys and sort of having an idea of the big picture, putting on a show and trying to go out and make sure that they can raise a lot of money for worthwhile charities, give people an opportunity to be excited about golf again and you know, giving them the entertainment value, if you will. Tiger and Phil, I'm sure have a sense for that, but let's not beat around. Like they both are super, super competitive. They wanna win. And I'm sure that they would love to beat each other. They, in good natured way, the razzing has been going on on social media, Tiger Woods, you know, saying he's a little bit chilly and pulling his green jacket, you know, up and, and Phil Mickelson, you know, pointing to the belt buckle and the little trophy that he won for winning the last match. What do these guys really want to get out of this experience? Well, they certainly want to win. I mean, Tiger will tell you, look, whether he's playing ping pong cards or putting with his son in the backyard, he wants to win. Um, and Phil's the same way. Um, but they know the most important thing they're going to be doing next week is raising more $10 million and probably more than $10 million for charity, for COVID relief efforts. Um, and they know that, look, it, they're the two biggest stars of their generation. Tiger by a mile. Phil close is still one of the most popular players in the world. They sh should be expected to do this and to the rise of the occasion of playing on TV and trying to provide some entertainment. But I think one, they'll enjoy it too, though. Enjoy the company they're around, they're around. And believe me, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady are going to want to win that as much as Tiger and Phil are going to want to win that. Um, they're definitely. And I, and I'll predict this. I think the best trash talking we're going to see on a golf course, I, and I hope he lives up to it, is going to be provided by Peyton Manning. And I think that will add to it all. So uh, I think, again, like like the Ricky and Matthew Wolf and Rory McIlroy and Dustin Johnson event hit all the right buttons. This one will hit all the right buttons. And the most important button that will be hit is all the money and the millions of dollars being raised for, for COVID-19 relief efforts. It's going to be fantastic. We're coming off of this one. We've got Tiger Woods and, and Tom Brady, Phil Mickelson, and Peyton Manning, and all of these, these four great you know generational athletes. We get through that one next week, and then before you know it, with fingers crossed, the PGA Tour is going to be getting back, and golf will, will be up and going. It's going to be a whole new world, you know. and we'll talk about that some more down the line. But uh, Steve, thanks a lot for coming on tonight. I appreciate it. You betcha. Thank you, big man. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.